So today's message is called The Bite of Bitterness. And we've got a little bit of ground to cover. You guys got your sheets and stuff. And I just want to talk a little bit about how we respond a lot of time when, we, when we've been bitten in a situation. And what I mean by that, maybe wounded or hurt uh, or offended in some ways. It's real easy for us to become bitter. You can say amen right there, right? So if we, if we do not choose to forgive, there's some devastating results that can come from that, you know? I was sitting there thinking we get devastated spiritually, physically and get discouraged emotionally. So what I want to do is, is kind of walk through some of those things and then see what the cure of God's Word is for that. Does that sound good? So everybody's got their hand out, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit be our teacher today, all right? Here we go. Jumping right in. First thing I want to do is, is read from God's Word, all right? And uh, that should be the scripture that you have on the top. And if not, we take some more notes along the way, all right? This is from Ephesians 4, uh, verse 30 through 31. And this is Paul talking. He says, And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. How many know people are watching the way you live? If you say you're a Christian, they're watching, okay? And we want to represent God very, very well. It doesn't mean that we always do. But when we miss the mark, man, let's just turn, repent, and get back in the game, okay? He said, Remember, He has identified you as His own. Who has done that? God's guaranteed you as his own. We talk about that a lot. If you want to put a note on there, go back to Ephesians chapter 1. The Spirit of the Lord dwells in our heart, okay? When we ask the Lord to come into our life, he says, you're mine. Isn't that good to know? Guaranteeing. I like that word when God says guaranteeing. Love it. That you will be saved on the day of redemption. That means, you know what? God's got you. And he's going to see you through. Even in the midst of the storm, we're not the one holding on. See, a lot of times we think we lose the grip. But see, God's got the grip on us, okay? And it's a good thing. Going on down to 31. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Wow, that'll preach. That's that's like four sermons right there, isn't it? As well as all types of evil. Instead, here's the flip side, right? Instead, be kind to each other. Tenderhearted. I love this part now, guys. Forgiving one another. Here's the, here it drives it home. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Woo! Now, if I didn't say nothing else today, that right there would be enough to take home and, and, and work with, isn't it? But I tell you, God's got a lot for us. And I think one of the biggest pieces of bait that Satan uses is when we get bit with bitterness is, is that he turns around and he wants to start with bondage, okay? So I want to talk a little bit about that. What is bondage? I looked this up. It says it's the state of being bound or by or subject to something external power or control. Some external power or control. That doesn't sound like God. Where's the Holy Spirit live? In us, right? That's internal. External. Sometimes you just feel like, man, overwhelmed and stuff like that by things going on in your life. That's not from God, right? So what happens? That bondage, it starts creeping up on us. Bitterness gives birth to bondage, allowing the enemy and others external power or control. Now, I tell you what, you can think about that when when things start going on in our our life. That bitterness is a peace robber. That's a good thing to write in your notes. It opposes grace and mercy. God's all about grace, mercy, love. And he's an awesome and holy God. And and when I say holy, that means, man, he is the total package. Right? And he can't be around sin, but he made away for us so that he can be around us and our sinful nature he sent jesus while we were yet sinners christ died for us amen that's a good word so now what happens with this is 
we start looking and we see how that's just really an opposite of, of what God has for us. We start thinking about the bitterness and stuff. And on the other hand of this, these areas just start growing out in bitterness and anger and things like that. There's something I, I wrote down. I thought, I'm going to make sure I'm staying close to my notes because I had some good things I wanted to share with you. And I wrote this. Bitterness is a seed of the enemy that shackles us to bondage of anger and jealousy. We can start seeing how sin starts entangling us to things of the enemy. And if we're not careful, man, we just go, how did I get here from there? And he doesn't want to let loose. But you know what? Through the power of God's word, he can break that bondage, all right? So take a look at this. When we rehearse the hurt, we relive the pain. Have you ever noticed that? It, it's amazing. Now, I'm not saying, I, I wanted to make it clear when I was um, thinking about this last night. Let's not say you don't talk with your friends or your minister or some other folks like that and kind of share a few things. But how many of y'all know, after a while, um, you start building bricks. You know what I mean? I call it like this right here. We pull off emotional scabs that are trying to heal, and we start the process all over again. You know, there's some of my friends that, that I've ministered to, and, and I'm sure in my life when I went through different things, you know, how you doing? And you're wounded so bad, you just start pouring out. Well, you know, th- there's probably a time for that, but not every time for that. You know what I mean? And then we wonder why people go, hey, buddy, how you doing? Because what, what you do is you start dragging this cloud around. And next thing you know, you start uh, impacting that area with a lot of negativity. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I am not shortchanging anybody's hurt, anybody's pain. But what I want to show you is how the enemy wants us to focus on that and not focus on the, the, the problem solver, okay? I believe that we're going to get some good stuff out of this today, guys. I'm going to stay close to my notes. It's a big difference for me because I'm usually always over there. But there's a lot of things that I wanted to share with you guys here. I looked up uh, the synonyms of the word bondage, okay? Captivity, restraint, slavery, confinement, and imprisonment. Does that sound like God at all? It really doesn't sound like God at all. Matter of fact, to me, it, it just describes Satan to a CT. It really does. What he wants you to do, again, is to focus on that offense, whatever it may be. He wants you to play it frontwards. He wants you to play it backwards. He wants you to take it and put it on the shelf for a few minutes, get your strength up and pull it back out and rehearse it again. And I tell you, it's easy to do, but that's why it's so important to be feeding on the Word of God daily, okay? Because what we start doing is we start taking that hurt and that pain and we run it through the filter of the Bible. Guess what? It starts getting stuck in there, right? And we come clean on the other side. That's the whole picture that I want us to see through this. That God's not about bondage. He's about freedom, right? So let's take a look at what else we got here. All these things start to take root in our lives and begin to produce destruction, right? When that that bitterness turns to bondage, right? Enemies watering that seed, what starts coming up? All those things. Captivity, restraint, slavery. We become captive to the problem, right? We're shackled to the problem, right? We start rehearsing that again, and then then we're restrained. Man, we get shackled again to that. Man, now, guess what? He wants to paralyze you in pain. He really does. The enemy wants to paralyze you in that. Slavery, you're enslaved to it. You think, I just, I don't even feel like getting up today. I don't want to go out to them because now guess what? Our, our, instead of renewing our mind with the word of God, we've renewed our mind with the problems of the enemy. And guess what? What we speak 
starts taking hold, man. That's how we water these things. And I tell you what, if we're speaking this and we're watering the hurt, guess what? You're going to grow more hurt many, many times, okay? Come on down here. Confinement. You know, what I was thinking about last night is, is I talked to a lot of folks, and, and I got a few folks that I, uh, I've been talking to for the last couple of years, and I don't see them every day. And I, it might be six months or so, and I go back and say, how's it going? And we start at the same place. And I know they're wounded, and I know they're hurt about things, but they start at the same place. And, and what happens is, when I start thinking about that confinement and imprisonment, what happens with their very words, they start building a wall between them and others. They really start building a wall between them and God. Now, I want to make sure you understand this. God never left. But what happens is we start blocking the view of God. We're blocking the voice of God. And it becomes harder and harder to hear God. Right? So what I want to tell you is when we speak the truth of God's word, he comes in there and knocks those things down. Does that sound like a good place to say amen? Amen. Very good. Well, I want to make sure I take some time on this thing here. i got a scripture for you. You guys ready to write this down? If you've got your Bibles, it's going to be Hebrews 12, verse 14 and 15. And the title of that little paragraph there in my Bible says, A Call to Listen to God, all right? And again, that's Hebrews 12, verses 14 and 15. I'm going to kind of unpack this a little bit. It says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. It doesn't say be weak. See, a lot of times if people think, you know, you're trying to live in peace, that doesn't mean go with the flow, all right? That means go in God's flow, all right? Take a look at this. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. I just want you to kind of put that right here. We're going to go back and unpack that, okay? We've got to look at it in context. For after... Look after each other so that none of you falls, fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root. You hear how he says it? Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. What happens? You start bringing that around and it starts impacting the whole thing. You know what? You get somebody in, in, in church that, that, that uh, has a lot of stuff going on and, and, they're, and they're not listening to the voice of God. They're not taking the, um, some of the in, in encouragement from maybe the, the staff or something like that and they just keep turning the volume up like that. Man, next thing you know, you're sitting by yourself and everybody's over here and you go, oh, they just don't love me. No. What, what you've done is stiff-armed everybody that's trying to help you so many times. So, you know, a lot of times we don't, we don't realize that because we're so wounded by what happened. And again, I'm not shortchanging that. I want to take a look at the problem and then point to the solution, okay? So take a look at that. Now, one thing I want to make sure that we went over here, one part of that verse, if you just took it by yourself, you said, wow, that's a little troubling. I'm going to go back. Verse 14, last part of 14, it says, for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Okay, wait a minute. How How do we become holy? Through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, right? What it's talking about there is not talking about losing your salvation. But when we start living outside of God's will, what happens is, listen to this, it starts blocking our view of God. You with me? And that's why I wanted to talk about those blocks. What happens is we're still saved when we give our life to Jesus Christ because he seals us with a guarantee, remember? I'm just building on that, and I want to give you guys some encouragement. But when we start dragging all the junk out of the trunk, and the next thing you know, we feel like, oh, God doesn't love me. Well, God didn't leave. If you ever feel like God doesn't love you, look to the cross. Look to the cross. That ought to take the whole deal right there and put it in a different perspective. And I tell you what, one thing I've learned in the last couple of weeks uh, with everything going on in my life is that everybody's got a different backdrop. 
And everybody goes through different things. And you know, um, and I, I might be getting ahead of myself, but I want to show you a little something the Lord's showing me. Sometimes when, when people don't respond like you think they should, and not even in this situation, but any situation, we go, wow, what's going on here? Everybody's got different stuff going on. And we need to love them right where they're at. And that's what God's been showing me is that, man, run it through my filter. Run it through my filter. Now, I will say this. Everybody's been amazing to us. This has been awesome. We, we've, had some, we've had some tough, uh, tough road to hoe, but, man, I want to tell you, God has been good. I can't say enough about it. I was waking up praising the Lord today. That ain't no better way to start, is it? A couple of things to write on your notes here for bondage before we go to the next one. You ready? Let's see if i got any more on here. <clears throat> Those things right there, the synonyms we talked about, these are the calling cards of the enemy. When you start seeing that, man, Satan's passing out business cards. Hey, take this, take that, take this. You know that that has got his MO, that's got the fingerprints of the enemy on it. It produces fear, hostility, anger, and more. All right? There's two things I wanted to share with you before I go to the next slide. We talked about being in proper relationship with God. How do we do that? By calling on the name of the Lord and receiving Jesus Christ. And I wrote this down. A right relationship with God leads to a right relationship with others. You say, well, what do you mean about that? Let me tell you something. If you don't love God like you should, how can you love others correctly? You hear what I'm saying? Because sometimes I'm not real easy to love on, I don't think. It's just the way it is. You know, sometimes I don't like being around me. You know, but you know what? When people come around me and they have the love of God in them, <laughs> I'm not going to ask what that's about. I see y'all back there. I'm messing with you. But you know what? It is, especially in relationships. Have you ever noticed, you know, my mom and dad, uh, Monday, were married 53 years. I said, what do you think about that mom? She says, hmm. <laughs> I said, what do you think, Dad? He said, 53. That's a lot of time, isn't it? <laughs> and you know what? They still get along good. They love each other. But what, what they were saying is, you know what? It, it takes work. It takes work. But through the love of God, man, that path can sure get a lot better. Does it, does it get a little, little uh, bumpy sometimes? You better believe it. But just think, if you didn't have the Holy Spirit guiding you, man, you'd be off in the weeds, all right? So let's keep on running with that. So what else? Now we're building a little progression here, right? We went from bitterness to bondage. Now what happens? Anger. <laughs> Nobody has that here, do we? <laughs> yeah. The devil, uh, the devil often attacks our hearts. And, and I read this in, in, in something I was looking at over the last few weeks, and I thought this is really good. The seat of our emotions, using family and friends, why is it, when we're looking around, it, it, have you ever noticed you can sometimes be a whole lot more patient with folks at work than you can with your family? Boy, that's quiet. That's really quiet when I said that, but I, I believe there's a lot of truth to that. It really is, because it seems like the ones that are closest to you know that button they can push, man. Bing! Immediately. Yeah, and you go, I cannot believe you said that. You know? And have you noticed that, I don't know, maybe it's just at my house. I don't care where the Discussion. When you're a Christian, you don't say argument. You say, it's a discussion. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. You argue just like everybody else. Might as well go ahead and repent. Right? But when that comes on, I'm just telling you what it is. You know what I'm saying? So go ahead. Let's get it right today. So when you're in that discussion, it'll start out over here, man. Too much gravy on the mashed potatoes. You know, or something. I don't know. Something that has nothing to do. And guess where you end up? The same argument. Me and my wife... We, we have discussions and stuff. And I don't care where it starts. It always comes back to this. She's right and I'm wrong. <laughs> and if I could just get that down, we wouldn't have to do all that. 
know, <laughs> my mother will say, Amen. Yeah. You know, I'm teasing. But, but you know, a lot of times, don't we think we, we got it down? I just don't understand that. I don't understand that. And, and you know what? That's how he does. He gets, in, he gets rooted in our heart with that. And boy, you put the, boy we put the widescreen on that. Looking and light comes on. I cannot believe that little teeny seed of negativity. Boom, next thing you know, we got a tree. Man, beware of that. And anger comes right out of that. When others don't respond like we respond, we get angry and frustrated. Now, this is, this is what I, I see it at work. I see it in family. I see it all the time. And, and the other day, I was just sitting there thinking when I was working on this message, I was like, man, what's a good way to, to do that example? Now, I haven't drawn this out. So you're going to get it on the fly. This is what's going on in my little, my little noggin. I really believe we have like this little, I don't know, what is it, round hole, square pegs type thing in our minds, right? In our, in our hearts. Kind of something like this. You don't really realize it. Maybe I'm the only one like that. All right? Got that little invisible scorecard, right? You know? Come on, everybody smiling. Like, How does he know that? I'm just like you. Right? And somebody says, hey man, let's pick something wonderful. Hey, you know what? Really like that sermon last week. And we received it. We go, man, thank you. So we take the round peg, put it in a round hole. Ding! That's good. Hey man, you know, uh, uh, let's see, that guitar player is really nice, right? Oh, thank you. That's really good. Ding! Yeah. And then somebody says, you know, I um, really like the music, but it's awful loud. And you go, oh, well, you know, we can adjust that. <laughs> we put that block in there. That's what we did. Right? Come on, you know you did. Yes. And, and you can pick out whatever it is. I just said something that, you know, you can grab hold uh, real fast. Maybe it's at work. Man, you're doing a good job on that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, but you know what? I would have done it this way. Huh? Am I talking to anybody in here, right? And then, you know, your wife said, I cannot believe that you didn't dump that trash. And you got it in your hand. You know? Or, let's see what the husband could do. I can't really think anything a husband would say. Or your husband says, like I said before, what's for supper? And they say, you've been laying around. This is what happens. I use this other thing. Hey, baby, what's for supper? And it goes, and when they hear it, they go, what have you just been doing? Laying around, not doing nothing? And you're going, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. You know? Or maybe... Maybe your wife's out working and we're supposed to be cooking. Or whatever it may be. And the grass is supposed to be done. And all that. But you know, it's good. You wash the car. And next thing you know, man, we got all this junk, man. And we're going, oh my goodness. And then we get home, you know. And they said, hey, how was your day? And you go, terrible. I said, what do you mean? We get all that stuff going, right? And we don't really realize that. And I had a couple of things. I left left my, my little doohickey over here. And what happens is this. We create an unseen backdrop in our minds and our heart. I really believe we do. That little filter, our little conscience, if you want to call it. We start doing that and we go, man, I don't understand why they said that. I don't understand why they did that. You know, it's a perspective. But you know what? I'm going back to this. If we got God's perspective and the lens of the Lord on us, we're going to be able to do this right here. Right? We can take this and God says, you know what? I love you just the way you are. And you know what? Here's the bigger picture. I love them just the way they are. And, and you know what? If we can do that through forgiveness and grace, He lets us start with a clean slate. Does that sound good? Amen. That's what God was showing me. That's what God was showing me this week. It's like, you know what? As we go, you deal with so many different types of folks and guess what? Everybody didn't grow up like you. 
everybody didn't have the same things and do the same things and stuff like that. So when we're looking at stuff, right, we go, well, I just don't understand that. Well, let's take a look what else we got here. Invisible scorecards. And we start judging, right? What happens is when we, we got that little invisible scorecard, we get very judgmental, right? Get very judgmental. We want to gather with people that kind of look like us, act like us, respond like us. God created everybody. And he created everybody uniquely. So who are we? Who are we to say that, right? But what I wanted to get to, it produces a real critical spirit. And again, back to building the bricks between you and God, you and your family, you and your coworkers. But God's grace will, will do amazing things. Now, I told you we're doing a little progression, and I want to take a minute to thank my ministry partner for doing a great job on these slides today. You know, I had, I had all the input, so I'm running behind. She says, send me that, and let me see what I can do. And I never know what kind of little cool things she's going to put on there. But what I want to talk about from anger, guess what? The green-eyed monster. Anybody know what the green-eyed monster might be? Oh, kind of quiet. I bet you do. Jealousy. Jealousy, picking up speed. Very, very good. Had a couple things on that sheet I wanted to make sure I got to you guys. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You know, when I'm talking about the square pegs and the round holes, we start out receiving the, you know, the examples and the compliments and stuff. But as soon as it turns to the insults, man, what happens? That reflex comes up. We start hardening our heart again, getting that, that critical, critical spirit. That's not what we want. It's a, disaster, it's a recipe for disaster. Amen? So here we go. Let's take a look at This is just a little check as we go along because I'm sure it doesn't happen to anybody here, right? Oh, boy. All right. And what did I say, Tim? Preaching to me first, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. This is what we start doing. Help me out if I'm wrong. Man, I'm probably blocking y'all, ain't I? Over there. You only get to see half of it. <laughs> sorry here we go comparison are you measuring your worth against what someone else has you know we really do that a lot of times so, well, you know think about it I'll just, just go if you're at work you're working you're doing this and whatever that may be and you turn around and this guy gets a raise well I do more than that I've been here longer than they have right and now guess what now we start getting a little jealous right and you start going well uh, hey man that's really good Joe that you got the promotion <laughs> No, that's not what you feel like. You know, you want to say, Joe, I cannot believe that he is late last week. Did that? I did all of that. Yeah, how about that? I did all that, and Joe comes in and turns one bolt and goes, Man, you're Mr. Wonderful. How do we do it without you? You got anybody you work like, like with that? Jason, you got anybody you work with like that? Don't be looking at me. <laughs> oh, I love it. Here we go. Guess what? Then what happens is, we say, Okay, that's fine. If that's the way they're going to play it, huh? Come on, man. Get them hackles up, right? We're ready to go. Competition is your goal to defeat someone else or to do your best. See, what we start doing now, we're not serving the Lord, man. We're like this. I'll tell you what, they come out that gate, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them now. Oh, i got to be first out there. You know, let me get on that job. Now you're really wrenching stuff and you're shining stuff and you're doing stuff. And, man, you're teaching and you're reading and everything else. And now you're exhausted and you're comparing. you got the measuring tape out there. And, and it's not about you doing your best. It's about you beating out. Joe, Sally, whoever it is. Remember, I think one of the things that the Lord shows me a lot, if we work things from the inside out, we're going to be a whole lot better. And what I mean by that is if we let the Lord guide us through the power of the Holy Spirit and get His view on things, it's not that big deal. I, I tell you, I, I, I might have shared this a while back. Um, a couple of years ago, man, we had a lot of good stuff going on in the ministry. A lot. 
And I'm, man, I'm doing this and doing this and doing this. And I said, man, I don't really feel that good. And so I go to get my heart checked out and everything. And, um, you know, I said, well, they didn't call. I guess that's, that's good, you know. Well, when they did call on Friday afternoon when I'm driving down the road, they go, do you have a cardiologist? I was like, no, dude, I ain't got no cardiologist. Why? He said, well, I can't read all this. This is the guy calling me. Thank you for the help. But it sounds like you got a problem with your heart and stuff. Guess what happened? I go, I do? I'm starting to slow down. Really? You know? I mean, I just bought in on that. And Denise was going, what's wrong? It's my heart. She's like, you were fine a minute ago. I was like, oh. Boy, I took that bait. Oh. And I said, well, what's the symptoms? He told me, yeah. Yeah. I said, having every one of them. Oh, my goodness. I said, oh, okay, I'll be all right. I'll get back to the house. Oh, man. Call Jason. Oh, Jason. Oh, brother, I don't know. I'm going to try to make it in tomorrow. <laughs> you remember that? He said, you'll be all right, boy. You'll be all right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, by 9 o'clock that night. Same thing happens when you stub your toe. Same thing, stub my toe. I am not a good patient. I am just not a good patient. And so by, by about 9 o'clock, man. Oh, man, I'm losing now. Take me, take me. I'll never forget because you know what? Even when I went to eat, it's the same day Michael Jackson has his heart attack and dies. Oh, you know, so guess what? I go to the emergency room and they fix me, boy. They said, well, Mr. Chapman, we're going to check, check you out and we'll give you some medicine, but you're going to have to stay. I go, oh, I wasn't planning on all that. And man, the longest night of my life. Because when they put me in that room and strapped me all down, they didn't give me the remote control. I can tell you anything you want to know about the life of Michael Jackson. It went on and on. A, B, C, D. I mean, I got it down, you know. Dancing, dancing, dancing. I, I saw it all over and over. I was like, Lord, I ain't never coming back in here. You know? And, and you know, and I thought about that. And the heart doctor comes and he goes, hey, what's up? <laughs> he said, well, you know, um, you look pretty good to me. He says, uh, he says I, I got to break this down for you. He says, I, I'm a cardiologist. I'm the top dog doctor. You know, that's what we do. He said, we had somebody else read your stuff. They missed it. Hey, you look fine, man. How you feel? I said, I feel better now. How <laughs> <laughs> we can I go home? You know? It's crazy. It is crazy. So guess what? I bought right into it. Bought the lie and everything else, man. 24 hours of Michael Jackson. You know? And I thought I was in, I thought, oh, this is real bad. I shouldn't even share this. I might have edited it out. But I got to tell you the truth. I, they had me all wired up. My wife was going, this could only happen to your buddy here. I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go. Well, I can't get out. And I'm going, I, they bring me this little jar, cup, whatever. I'm going, all right, I do not need a whole bunch of folks here. So I'm, I'm over here like this and I'm going, oh my gosh. My band member, Bruce, beats on with, hey, I'll be right with you. So I'm taking care of business. And you know, you ever feel like somebody's watching you? I'm on the fourth floor. And I'm doing what I got to do. And I look over. And the maintenance man is going, how you doing? He's, on the front. He's working on the AC. I, I got to get out of here. Outside of the window. Outside of the window. You know, the window's open. And I'm going. And I, I'm doing what I can do. I'm like, man, I got to get out of here. Michael Jackson's after me. Everything else. You got me strapped in here and everything else. I'm not sleeping. Everything else. My head's pounding because they give you, they give you, they give you this, uh, this medicine to open up your flow here. So guess what? Your head's going to boom, to boom, to boom. And I look. And I was like. Man, I feel like somebody's watching me. And I look over there and it's like, his guy's got... Hey, Lord. I like, 
I'm good. I didn't think I was ever going to get out of there. That was not on the slide, by anyway. So anyway, let's keep on rolling here. Fear and worry about what others think and say about you. I was thinking, that guy's probably saying, what is that guy doing there? You know? My goodness. It's so amazing how those little things build on one another, man. And next thing you know, you are so far out of the picture. Here's the good news. You're never too far for the grace of God to find you. All right? Here we go. All right. Don't let, uh, don't let jealousy drive you to the den of the devil. That was something I was thinking about. You know, that's what we do. I remember when I was going to a church a long time ago in Fox Hill. There was, there was a guy and a girl coming in, and they had this little song. I always like, he said, don't give the devil a ride because he'll want to drive. Man, they were going with that. I always thought about that. And he will. He'll try to drive you right to his place and set you up there. And I tell you what, that's not a place for a believer. That was not created for us. And we don't have to be there. And we don't have to stay there. And you don't have to, to wallow there. I want to tell you that God's grace is amazing. Now, I've got a little bit of scripture for you already. The next one here is James 3, 13 through 16. I'm going to read that to you. And we're picking up speed, all right? This is in James, right? You guys can open your Bibles or make a note. And we'll get back to that, okay? If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. Here we go, flip side. But if you are bitter, bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. He says it's demonic when we respond like that. That's not from God. That's not the way God has wired us to respond. That's when we're still dealing with this flesh. The last verse here, and it says, for whenever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. See, that's what we got to be careful of, man. So often we let that creep in. And the next thing you know, we are in the den of the devil. And you say, man, buddy, you are really just thank you for the encouraging message. It's getting ready to flip, flip the coin here, right? I told you what can happen. Sometimes we just need to know what the deal is so we know where to go for the remedy. Here's the remedy, guys. Y'all ready? God's forgiveness. Everybody said amen there. All right? I'm going to move through this because we've got a lot of stuff to cover here. Forgiveness kills bitterness. Man, you can just knock bitterness right out if you have the forgiveness of God working through you. And God will provide that through His Holy Spirit. He says, you know what? Just do it. I love you that much. Let the love of Christ ooze out on them, right? Check this out. Forgiveness exposes others to Christ. See, when you forgive somebody and you're just you really do... They don't know how to respond sometimes. Because they don't know, well, I don't know if I could do that, but man, can you forgive me about that? And when it's honest, man, they've repented, they come to you, and you're there and you say, hey man, I forgive you, let's move forward. They get to see Christ exposed through your life. That's the whole deal. Are people seeing Christ through your life when crisis come up? That's my prayer. With what I'm walking in today, that's my prayer. I want Christ to be seen in my crisis. That's the name of the game, right? Here we go. Forgiveness restores. How many like restoration? How do you like belonging, being put back together? If you drop something even as a kid, bam! What do you do? Dad, can you fix it? Mama, can you fix it? When you bring that, that broken spirit to the Lord, He said, I can fix it. I can fix it. I got a remedy for that. It's called forgiveness. It's called grace. It's called mercy. Amen? Forgiveness brings peace. Now, if you ever live without peace, you're going to really love peace when you get it. Because I'm going to tell you what, there is nothing like peace. I'm not just talking about peace and quiet. 
I'm talking about peace. When you go and you face a situation and God's already went before you. And you got something else coming up and God's already provided for you. You see, He's gone before us. Nothing is surprising God. It surprises us. But we shouldn't be surprised when we see the love of God come through so many people that love God. All right? Let's take a look at this. Forgiveness produces healing. You remember when we talked about pulling that scab off over and over and over? Lay that thing down at the altar, whatever it is, and let God work His healing power in your life. No matter what it is, He can be the answer. He is the answer, all right? I love this part. Forgiveness allows U-turns. Isn't it good? You know, everybody's got the GPS now, a lot of us do, or even a map, and you're going, you go, man, I'm going the wrong way. And a lot of times on an interstate, you've got to go for miles before you can do that U-turn. You don't have to do that with God. All you got to do is ask him right here, right now. Isn't that amazing? You know, and it's just like recomputing, recomputing, getting you back on that. Because the Holy Spirit is guiding us back to the grace of God. So here's the question, guys. Have you received the forgiveness of God? And all you got to do is ask Jesus to forgive your sin. And that's where we're at today as we get ready to bring this thing to a close. We went through all those things so I could show you how great the forgiveness of God is. How great the love of God is. I got a question for you. Why does Jesus forgive? Why does he forgive? I'll tell you why. This right here. Because of his love for us. His love for us. There's a couple of things I want to share with you right here. Love is patient. We hear that a lot in the scripture. Love is patient. Love is kind. All right? But let's take a look at this. When I went to, to, to go and, and look at a few things in my Bible software about love, it gave me all these options to look at. And I said, I just like the options because that really encompasses everything I'm trying to get to everybody. So love is patient, right? He says, did, did you want to know about when it's looking um, in the software? It was asking me, do you want to know about loving others? I go, yeah. He tells us to love one another. Love your neighbor. You know, that's hard for some people. I think that's why some people move out out of the city to just get some more elbow room, you know, because they don't deal with that well, you know. But God says through his grace and mercy and forgiveness that we can do that. Remember, they're just as special as you, just as special as you. Love the Lord. Do you love Jesus, right? People should be able to see that in your life when we respond. Yesterday, I, I had a great time to, to, to be able to love on this elderly lady in town. I went up and get some uh, gas and a few things, and this lady was in front of me. And, and she, was, she was an older woman there, but, man, she had a smile that would just knock you down. And she, she's trying to figure out how her credit card goes, and she had it going this way. And I thought, man, I can relate to that. I usually have it upside down. And she got that squared away. And I said, well, take your time. Take your time. You know? And she just smiled. Well, thank you so much. And then she went out and she went to go pump some gas and she was having difficulty with that. And I said, man, let me help this lady. I come over here, talk to her, start pumping her gas, hanging out. And you know what? I, she's a blessing to me. I mean, I'm talking about everything. And the first thing I know, she'd been living here I don't know how long. And then she knew my, half of my wife's family and everything else, which is not hard to do. And, all that, and she, said, she started talking, we started talking about the Lord. See, I thought I was going to be a blessing. But she ended up being a blessing to me when I just gave her the window. And you know, she talked about all the stuff she used to do. And I said, ma'am, I don't know how old you are. She said, I'm 81. I said, I'd never guess. I didn't ask. He told me. And I said, you know what? I said, with a smile like that and your energy, God, God has not put you on a shelf. He will use you just like he's using you right now in my life. Thanks. 
She goes over there. She says, son, you're an inspiration. I said, no, you're an inspiration. It took two minutes of my time. Two minutes of my time. And I got to see the hand of God. Amazing. Love your enemies. Now, that's a tough one. Woo. Woo. Wow. I got a question. If you love your enemies, are they still your enemies? Just thought about that. I guess not, right? So then we can just, we can just go ahead and not have enemies if we just love them. Love God. See, this thing's always pinging around here, man. It's just coming out there. Here we go. Love God and the love of God. Are we, what I mean by those two things, do we love God? You know, we talk about upward, inward, outward, and then the love of God. Are we allowing the love of God to come into our house, our hearts, right, and break down that bitterness, that bondage, that anger, and that jealousy so that we can receive His forgiveness and His love? Here's another scripture. I'd love to give you guys the word, all right? Colossians 3.14. And it says, Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. God is all about harmony. He's all about unity. He's all about peace. He's all about power. He's about the oneness that we find in His Son. So as we get ready to just break this down, I'm going to have Miss Tanya come, and I want to ask you, is, is, is the love that God has in your life bringing harmony to things around your life and through your life. And when we get bit by whatever that offense is and we're wounded and we're hurt, don't let the devil set up camp in your heart to bring forth that bondage, to bring forth that anger. And it's easier said than done, but I'm going to tell you what, I just gave you the tools that God gives us through His Word, right? just totally annihilate that. And I thought this was something else here I wanted to write down and share with you guys. As I was looking at this, I was just praying over some things here. And God showed me this. He just Sometimes He speaks to me and just gives me pictures. I'm going to read this because I'll mess it up if I don't. Forgiveness is like a chisel. Love is like a hammer. And when you're in the hand of God, He uses these tools to break the shackles of bitterness and bondage so that we're free to glorify Him. Man! I didn't write that. That's God's stuff. And and as I wrote that, when He allowed me to write that down, He just shows me the picture. When we're moldable and we're in His will and we're in that relationship with Jesus Christ, He says, hey, you know what? I can use that as a chisel to take those areas of your life and knock them off and remold you and build you back up to what I know you can be, what I've called you to be, what I've bought you to be. And that's the redemption of God. That's the love of God. That's the forgiveness of God. And I tell you what, guys, as we bring this to a close, I want to ask you to close your eyes and I want to pray for you. If today you've got something going on and you feel like that bitterness and bondage has just been coming and just entangling you to sin, well, you know what? Don't go 40 miles up the road and try to make a U-turn. We can do it right here because God is here. His presence is here. He says we're two or more gathered. So today, if that's you, we're just going to pray for you and say, Lord, thank you that you give us U-turns. Lord, thank you that you say, when I, when I call on your name, it's forgiven. And whatever the offense is, help us heal. Help us not pull the scabs off. Lord, give us the the inner witness and the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, so that when we deal with neighbors, workmates, family, whatever the deal is, Lord, go before us that I reflect you in a mighty way. 
And that's my prayer for everybody in here and myself as well. Because let me tell you, it doesn't take much to let the devil get in the door. But we can close that right here, right now, with the Word of God through forgiveness, grace, and mercy. And you guys know, every time we, we come together, I promised the Lord a long time ago, when he, he gave me the privilege to speak, that everybody that hears what we, we are about are going to have the opportunity to respond to your Son, Jesus. So if you're here today and you have these things going on and you feel like, man, I, I don't have all the pieces of the puzzle, let me give you the, 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 the cornerstone, all right? His name is Jesus. And if you've never received him as Lord and Savior, don't leave here today. It is this simple. He did the hard part. We realize that our sin separates us from an awesome holy God. We ask the Lord to come into our lives. Lord, forgive me of my sin right now. Come into my life. Lord, I know you are the Son of God, and I believe you paid the price for my sin and rose again. Today, I am yours and you are mine. If that's your prayer today, I'm going to tell you, receive that. Don't leave here today without sharing that great news with somebody. And Father, we do thank you and we praise you for all you've done and all you do. And in the midst of the storm, Lord, I appreciate so much the grace and glory that I've seen over and over again through my friends and family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.